folks. Um, welcome back to Novel Not New Age podcast. Uh, it's the first time in a while when we've been fully staffed and ready to go. And uh, I'm your host, Jennifer Uncle, and with me is Six Detmar. I'm the janitor. <laughs> and uh, joining us for the first time is Olivia, who is our new co-host. Hi, we get titles? I didn't think of a title. You're also the janitor. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh before we begin uh, has anyone been playing any visual novels or anything on the side um i've been more or less well i i have been playing one or two but uh i'll let y'all go first uh, in case you have anything uh well i haven't been playing anything on the side uh i've been reading the novel version of the game that we're playing uh and that's what i did on the side <laughs> Cool, cool. Uh, let me see. Uh, as far as me, um, I've been trying to play some of the of, of Princess Maker three. Um, I liked Princess Maker two. Princess Maker three is a disaster. Oh dear. Um, so that's too bad. It's just like it has some of the for a game that is basically about UI. It has some of the worst UI I've ever seen. Um, and it's just, it's really incomprehensible. I feel like I need to, like, have, like, five or six, like, runs. And they're runs in the XCOM sense, where you play for, like, seven or eight hours, and then you realize there's a fundamental mechanic you didn't understand and have to restart the game. Um, before I'm gonna have a real run. Because it just, it just drops you in, and, like, I don't understand a lot of things, um... We previously did um, uh, Long Live the Queen on this podcast, and uh, uh, that game is inspired by Princess Maker. It's a, it's a, it's like a, a like a hard Princess Maker with you know lots of endings where you die. Um, there aren't as many of those, but there are lots of like it is a game about like okay, you got this princess or princess to be that you are training up. You're gi- you're giving her like classes and various skills and things, and just like the game just lays out a schedule and it's like okay what do you want to do each day and you don't know what is going to do what to the stats and it's like oh and if you don't stop me i'm just going to loop these forever and you're not sure how much you've scheduled things out and it's just a nightmare mm-hmm. yeah that sounds like when i play a game that like has a like a system like that i tend to do one of those like runs where i just jump into it and i'm like okay, I'm going to screw up, I'm going to make a bunch of mistakes, but I want to see how the system works and then go back into a real run and try to figure it out. Uh, but if you're doing, like, multiple eight-hour versions of those tester runs, that's the point where I would probably fall on the floor, too. It's just, it's just there's so little... There's lots of feedback, that's not true, but the feedback isn't based on what you did, and so it's hard to tell what the fuck is happening. Uh, oh, that's a shame. I, 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 my first run, I was like, okay, I'll have you spend a week training in the dojo. And she proceeded to spend a year in the dojo. And I was like, how do I make you leave? What's going on? <laughs> oh, she hyper-focuses. Uh, she was good. And she, and she had a couple of events of being like, I wonder if I'll ever get to do anything in my life besides be in this dojo. And I'd be like, I would love for that to happen. How do I get you out? <laughs> Uh, help i put my child into daycare and they won't let her leave 
I, I put the royalty in the hyperbolic time chamber. <laughs> I was always under the impression that Princess Maker was the hard version of Princess Maker, not Long Live the Queen. Huh. Well, Long Live the Queen is about being murdered over and over again. Um, and a Princess Maker, that doesn't really happen. There's like... I guess the difference is, um, for the most part in print in uh, Long Live the Queen, it's just about can you survive it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Princess Maker, like getting to the end of the game, is not hard. But probably by the time you get there, I'll be like, "Congratulations, you raised a useless girl. Fuck off!" And you're like, "Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you're a bad parent." I'm like, "Okay, thanks." Mm-hmm. Also, there's some creepy stuff in there because uh, it's a it's a '90s Japan anime game. So there are some jobs you can have your underage girl take that it's like, what the fuck, y'all? This is illegal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's all I need to say about that. This actually reminded me, though, um, if we want to go sort of the the radical structuralist view of what a visual novel is, I did play some Reigns. Sure, I think Reigns counts. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I boot up Reigns every few weeks, and I just see... Because I pass the point where you are rapidly accomplishing tasks, and so Mm -hmm. what I do now is I have a little thing of notes like, hey, you know, the handmaiden told me to use this item if I get into this situation. And so every few weeks I'll, like, boot up Reigns and see how long I can have the, you know, the queen live. I'm trying to go for what's it like eighty years? That's my that's my current goal. That's uh, that's quite the goal. That's I, a long time. I've discovered a way to avoid uh, getting put to death for being too pious by throwing things at the cardinal whenever he tries to nominate me for sainthood until I become <laughs> unpious enough that he loses interest. That's you know. That's politics, Art baby. emulating life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the Nevada caucus on now. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting because that whole game is about how you can't get the meter, you can't let the meters go too high or too low, or you'll get executed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's very it, like uh, you play it, and you're like, oh, the standards imposed on women. Though to be fair, it also the 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 male version i think the writing is less less punchy on the male version it's less good but uh the original reigns you know long live the king one um it's also the same like two meters thing um and i i just i got a very big kick at the time out of the fact that whenever you got game over that just like it changed your two dialogue options to what with three periods it's like what yeah <laughs> it's the same thing in uh was it now I'm now I'm forgetting the damn name of it. The Queen version of Reigns, yeah. Yeah. All of your dialogue options upon being confronted with some kind of gruesome death are just like, oh man. You are so popular, the fucking villagers stormed the castle and ripped you limb from limb because they love you so much. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's how the villagers be though. Yeah. I think the only version of uh, Reigns that I haven't played is the Game of Thrones one, but there's doesn't really feel like a a good reason to play that one anyway, so. Yeah, if I could take like 10 minutes with it, I want to see like if they come up with any fun Game of Thronesy deaths. 
Or just Game of Thrones the events, like, oh, your boob got randomly showed on camera. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> You're more popular, but the church doesn't like that. Is there an organized church in Game of Thrones? I have literally never seen Game of Thrones. Oh, th- there definitely is, and it's it's a whole thing. Mm. But uh, yeah. All right. Well, maybe we should we should move on to the reason we're here. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Um, so this month we're covering eighty days, which is an adaptation of a uh, Jules Verne's famous novel around the world in eighty days. Um. It originally came out in July 31st, 2014 on iOS, and from there it worked its way to Android, PC, and Mac, and as of last year, it came out like late last year on Nintendo Switch. So the game basically puts you in the shoes of Passport 2, um, who is Phileas Fogg's uh, assistant, and the game opens with him bursting into the room being like, we're going around the world and we're doing it in 80 days or less. And from there, it it kind of moves into this format where you are constantly scouting for new places to go based on how long it will take, prices, that sort of thing. And little stories happen pretty much everywhere you go. You go. And this is something they've been building on for quite a bit of time. So there's a lot here, like a massive amount of writing here. Mm -hmm. I almost feel bad. Like there was definitely a point where I was playing where I was eyeing all of the nodes in Africa. And I'm like, when am I ever going to get to Africa? Yeah, one of my... um, So... I can get out of the way when uh, in 2014 when this game came out, it was one of my games of the year. I love this game, um, but I also have some problems with it, including the fact that um, any given like your the game doesn't stay the same. Um, there are routes you can't complete your first run through, and even on like sort of like new game plus, like after you've you know finished your wager and are doing sub- subsequent runs, there are just paths that will just randomly be closed. Um, and it's kind of exasperating because there are a lot of places where there are like big mysteries or chains of events and you're like, oh, that was fascinating. I want to get back there. And one, the game does a terrible job of showing you how you got there in the first place so you can get back there. And two, there is a random chance you just won't be able to. Mm-hmm. Not, not to mention, it does seem to randomize what you're able to sell and where, um, which you find out by conversing with people from one destination to the next. So money also feels like it fluctuates wildly between playthroughs, either in terms of the route that you want to take for the story or just in terms of pure luck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, um, I'm was. i like a first-timer to this game. Uh, I think I bought it back when it came out on PC and just never really got around to it. Um, but uh, as a first-timer, I still relate to that feeling of like i can't get a handle on how to play the game because for me 80 days is like basically a horror game like it is all of the scariest and most anxiety inducing parts of travel just constantly and like just the 
and they put a time limit on it to boot. So just like yeah. the the for me, the experience of playing this game was just like uh, constant low level stress as I'm like trying to get through it and both going too slow, like uh, in terms of having to wait around a lot and also feeling like I'm going too fast at the same time. And I never felt like I had a handle on exactly what my plan was and like how well I was doing was the thing. Um, I played this like three different times and failed the wager every time. Uh, really? Yeah, because hmm. things would always happen. Like I'd get to, uh, in one playthrough, I got to Yokohama and I was waiting for the steamer and I misclicked and missed the steamer and had to wait an entire 10 days just resting and doing nothing in Yokohama for the steamer. And when I finally got the steamer, that was also like a detour setback event. Uh, and so I basically, I was just sort of at the mercy of whatever it felt like this game was about to do to me. Um, and my general impression was like, well, I found some of the stories interesting and the, the settings interesting. Actually playing it was just rough on me. Hmm. Yeah, I I definitely had a similar problem with the timer. Like, anytime you're sitting down to try and formulate a strategy of where you're going to go next, like, even just sitting within the city menu, time ticks away incredibly quickly. And uh, that's great if you're waiting for the bank to open or the markets to open. But uh, overall, when you're trying to map out a course and realizing, and uh, Fog is in the corner being like, Oh, your next thing leaves in an hour. You gotta decide now. It's like, oh god. So, it's one of those situations where I feel like... Well, I ended up within my various playthroughs going through the same route, even though it doesn't work so well, just because it was something that... Because I'm being pressured to go, 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 I... I more or less retraced my steps a little bit, and that ended up biting me in the ass, but... Yeah, it it's. I also went on the Yokohama steamer, and that is a whole journey because basically, due to weather, like right near the end, the captain decides to reroute, and fogs over in the corner, being like, "Hey, passport two, uh, why don't we just do a mutiny to get to San Francisco?" <laughs> so regardless of how that plays out. It's going to add, like, I think maybe five or ten days to whatever's going on. Mm -hmm. I found it particularly frustrating because I failed the mutiny, and but I didn't feel like I was failing the mutiny until right at the very end, you know? Like, the when that mutiny actually happened, it was like, oh, and these people joined you, and then these people joined you, and some of these people joined you, but not all of them, but then these people joined you, and I was like, okay, so I think I did the mutiny, and then I got to the end, and it was like, Nah, you got thrown off in Hawaii. And so it was like frustrating. And also I was reading the book at that point, And that's not what happens when they go to Yokohama. So I was grumbling like, this isn't canon. Grumble, grumble. <laughs> kick me off in Hawaii. Well, if it was canon, the, the, there'd be one route through the world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> I hear you, but. Yeah, it's it's interesting to compare actually, uh, to have compared it to the book. Um, I started off thinking that uh, that 
80 Days actually lost some of the interesting things in the book uh, with the changes that it made. And then the more I played the game, uh, I think it actually came out better than the book. Well, it's already better than the book because it knows what Empire is and it knows that Empire is a bad thing. Jules Verne, Mm -hmm. it seems, uh, not to be convinced in that manner. Uh, Despite the fact that I think it reads very different, there's a bit where the book talks about the uh, the British, like the British Empire's despotic control over India, and I'm not the I'm not the best linguist, but I'm like, yeah, despotic, it's bad. And then you read the passage and you're like, oh wait, <laughs> he's saying despotic as like a compliment. How <laughs> uh, they just they just run a tight ship, you know? Yeah, he's he's literally like, God bless the British and their iron-fisted control over par- large parts of India at this time period, because it sure makes it convenient to take a train. Meanwhile, in this, um, there's various moments where you run into situations where a group has an iron grip over the area, and it's. It usually turns out pretty poorly, or to the point where Passport 2 notices all the various bad things happening around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some of it mixes the ste- the steampunk elements, too, in fantastic, slightly terrifying ways. Like, in one of the countries, uh, there are soldiers that march, mechanical soldiers, and they're directed by a flautist in the back, basically playing away at a certain tune that controls them. And it's like, well, this is really unsettling imagery. Mm -hmm. I never got to the, uh, I found some automatons, but I never found the soldier automatons, but there was like really interesting, um, uh, like stories about them where they appeared. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting. In one of my playthroughs, I happened to have, um, Passepartout, go to the World's Fair in uh, Paris and find a bunch of automatons. And then there was a really interesting arc where the more automatons he then found farther away from Paris, the more, like, the more he got to, the more basically that he was exposed to, like, outside of the World's Fair, where you're like, wow, look at all these technological inventions out here. Like, people are really suffering because the different agents of Empire have just created machines that can do the things that they need. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, there's one really good moment, uh, maybe around a quarter of the way through one of my playthroughs, where you're taking a, a buggy along to some place, and I think one of the driver's articles of clothing flaps past, and it turns out that they were an automaton all along, but they more or less are nearly identical to humans in matter and th- in manner and things like that, and. He he kind of mentions under his breath, so I'm not supposed to be this advanced. So if you could kind of keep this under, if you could if you could kind of uh, keep this between the two of us, that would be great. Huh? And yeah, there, there's this interesting situation where, depending on where you are, like there are automatons pretty much everywhere, but depending on the location, they're either there as as people who work within the system, they're servants, or they are not supposed to be there at all. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's particularly interesting to me because I also got an event where it was like, oh, you're you're being driven somewhere, and the driver is like not who they appear to be, uh, except in like 
the event that I got, the driver was a woman who was presenting as a man. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one was actually, uh, that one was like surprisingly, uh, not terrible because I did brace myself, but you can play a version of Passepartout that happens to accidentally like, you know, discover it and then go, well, none of my business and, uh, can just be normal about it, which was like, okay, all right. I'm glad at least. Yeah, for for a Jules Verne character, you have a surprising number of options to just be like, well, seems like it's not my business. <laughs> <laughs> there's also good moments where there's no real, like there's different granularities of you poking into matters or saying things clumsily. And I'm kind of glad that they kept it that way because... Like, Passport 2 is a character within 1872, like an English character, and there's going to be situations where someone like that is going to accidentally say something ignorant and needs to be... It needs to be an awkward moment where he learns about his mistakes. Mm -hmm. So there are moments where the game kind of pushes that to the forefront, and I think it's better for it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no matter how you choose to roleplay Passepartout, he will definitely just bumble into a lot of situations. Uh, keeping the spirit of the, the character who, in the book, um, what does he do? He he finds out, the spirit of the character who, in the book, finds out that somebody uh, somebody confesses to him that he has been trying to delay their journey around the world. And then Passepartout is like, oh, how, you villain, you scoundrel, how dare you? And then the guy's like, oh, don't worry about it. You want to have a drink with me? And Passepartout's like, yeah, sure, dude. And then gets like <laughs> knocked out and uh, ends up separated from Fog for a few weeks. Which can yeah. happen here. Oh, yeah. I got kicked off the Trans-Siberian Railroad. Uh, I can get kicked off the Trans-Siberian Rail- Railroad. Uh, you can get kidna- kidnapped and dumped in Yokohama at the circus. Uh, there's some There's some good... Did anybody else do the Polar Expedition? Oh, I wish. Yeah, I didn't do that one. That one's that one's interesting. Uh, very, it's, I think it's the only place in the game where you can very easily just die. Um... <laughs> <laughs> which is uh like there is there is one of the endings that's very easy to get up there where uh fog dies in the cold and you just sort of walk off into the snow and die in a quiet place it's like wow bummer huh uh you can go to the moon what the fuck i feel like uh, you i can missed use a teleporter i feel like i missed so much of this game <laughs> Yes, that's the thing. It's so easy to miss so much of this game, and that's part of why I find it so frustrating. Because you, there is some super cool stuff. Um, did anybody anybody bump into the Black Rose stuff at all? Mm-mm. No. Okay, there is. I think it's probably the longest storyline in the game, but there is a uh, like a uh, masked thief named the Black Rose who's like pulling acts of banditry around the world and is like running a course like parallel to yours and has this really long storyline where at the end you can be like well good luck with your your bet uh monsieur fog me and the black rose are are gonna disappear because this lady is hot as hell okay i feel like Like, i feel like i found her in civilian form because i definitely probably some women who were like up to shit oh yeah well there are lots of women that are up to shit is the other thing yeah like, uh, I think in one of my earlier playthroughs, um, I ended up, 
I was traveling by um, airship to a specific place and I got roped into doing some subterfuge for another nation by a woman who found me there and he was like, and she was like, well, you seem like you'd be pretty, you're just a Britishman on this travel, uh, on this large trip. We could use you. You seem like, stupid. As I like that in a man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did really like a moment where if you go to New Orleans, uh, there's this man who basically at nighttime dresses like a uh, death and you can totally have a fling with him. <laughs> it's a really great moment too. like having him embody like or play a character of death leads to it's just a fun imagery of him getting into this short sort of uh, same-sex romance and the text referring to it as, like, having a one-night stand with death is possible after all. Damn, shout out to Pass Part 2. Yeah, there's also a great, um, one of my favorite uh, events is one where uh, you're on the, um, you're on, I think it's it's one of the trains, and there's like a young lady who is who is like kind of too young for you, and she's like, S- "Wait a minute, I recognize you from the paper." And I'm like, "You're like, oh, yeah." She's like, "You're going on that journey around the world." I'm like, "Yeah, I am." So I'm, and she's like, "Monsieur Fogg," and you're like, "Uh," <laughs> and then Monsieur Fogg shows up, and she's like, "It's passeport too." <laughs> And 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 he's like, uh, actually, I'm I'm Fog, and she's like, oh, of course, you're Fog, and gives like a big wink, and you're like, okay, whatever. Uh, <laughs> My favorite event uh, that I got was, um, did anyone get to Agra, the um, the big steampunk walking city? Yes. Uh, I was a I was a big fan of the event um, where Passepartout meets this woman uh, named uh, Daya, Daya possibly. Um, I have no idea how to pronounce names from reading them, but she um, he meets her like above deck where they're walking around on the tourist attractions, and um, he flirts with her because that's what he does. Passepartout, mm-hmm. um, and she invites him like, "Hey, do you want to see like the below decks?" And she takes him to like the part the like the part of the city where all the normal people live and they're all like you know uh it's probably the most steampunk part because of the you know giant steam vents and gears and everybody is sort of living their lives while also constantly working this huge really intricate machine to make the city move um as well as it does and uh i, I just thought it was a really good scene because it's like past part two basically like being able to peel back sort of the tourist position that he's in and like actually uh you know get in touch and get to talk to like a lot of these like different people and he thinks like hmm um what other places like this in in my journey am i missing out uh where uh people are working to make these amazing things that i see uh and i see the things but i don't see the people in them and i thought that was a nice note yeah, and you get some good opportunities to sort of peek behind the curtain. I think, again, compared to my understanding of Jules Verne, I haven't read 80 Days. I read uh, 20,000 Leagues a very long time ago. But um, this this game is more interested with the idea that, hey, turns out these, like, 
like marvels of engineering and and culture and stuff are run by people working their asses off um and you get some really good peeks behind uh, behind the the veil at that stuff there's um i don't know if if there's one event in uh, i think in central america you can end up in i don't remember what city exactly where uh you wind up there and like the local like corporate baron is like nope i've decided to shut down all all routes in and out of town you're just going to hang out here for a while and you meet up with some like some people who are trying to form a union and they're like yeah we're just going to steal a bulldozer do you want to ride <laughs> <laughs> i got that event and uh. it went really badly and like three people died it doesn't go well I think it can go better or worse, but it never goes well. I I was yeah I was in the middle of that I was in the middle of that event when I hit the eighty day mark on my third playthrough, and I was like, Ugh, I really wish I'd stayed in Hawaii because there was a good yeah there was a good event in Hawaii which I think would have made a great uh, ending for the the version of this game where Passpartout Part Two says, "Man, why the fuck am I here?" <laughs> Bye, because they just failed the the steamer mutiny and gotten thrown in Hawaii, and then Passepartout meets a guy who's like, "Why are you stressing about this again? Like, who is Fog to you? He's your boss." Uh huh. Come on, man. And that is one of the nice things. I mean, like, I, I, um, I was a little alarmed to hear that you found this game so stressful. I find it kind of stressful in a in a, a bit of a pleasant way because you're rushed and you kind of never know what's next. But, like, when you fail, like, one, the game doesn't end. You get to keep going and you end up home. And then Fog's like, eh, I've got the money. It's fine. We'll just do it again sometime. Like, <laughs> it's, you know, he does lose, but it's it's not this, like, you know, big downer ending. Um, and I, I admire the game for that because it is just like, uh, you know, you failed to go around the world in 80 days. Anyway, who cares? You saw some cool shit. Yeah, and I sh yeah. I should be clear, like, my stress with the game is, like, very personal and that, like, I have a lot of travel anxiety, personally, mm. um, and uh, also some, like, task stress. So when you combine traveling on a tight schedule and you have to, you know, this idea that you have to finish, um, you have to finish this task in a certain amount of time, for me, that makes a very stressful environment, uh, but that's, like, a personal, that's my own positionality coming into this game. Mm -hmm. And for me, there was a sense that, uh, well, it, it partially comes from playing this for a podcast where I wanted to see a lot of this game and it felt like there isn't really, there aren't many clear ways of understanding how to see certain things or how to find out or, or how to go on a much different adventure than the one you're currently going on, like, it's difficult for my brain to work out where to go next or just the sheer amount of possibilities here kind of make me go like, well, there's a, there's a slight chance that somehow I won't see that much of this and maybe that won't lead to an interesting conversation. So <laughs> peek behind the curtain doing, well, covering something this open-ended for podcasts can be kind of stressful sometimes. Mm -hmm. Sure. And it does make it hard where, like, I mean, I've done a lot of playthroughs and I, like, there are events, but I have a trouble tying them to specific locations. And I don't have, like, a, I feel like I never have a story of my journey. I have a bunch of stories along the way. 
and they sort of like blend and blur together. Yeah, totally. I'd say that makes sense for sure. Like, I definitely on two playthroughs where I took a sort of similar route, missed an event, and was like, "Wait, hold on." I imagine mm-hmm. I imagined it was something like maybe. Yeah, I started thinking like, do I have to be in this place on a certain day? Because I think I got here faster the second time around, and it was opaque. Um, mm-hmm. I'd kind of like to go. I kind of like to go back after this and just like tape a bit of cardboard over the part of the screen which would have the days and just be like all right i've made a free roam mode (laughs) around the world in days around the world baby daft punk around the world as you feel like it Hmm. yeah that that kind of stuff i want to do a playthrough of the game where i where i see if they'll uh, give me any bonuses for trying to follow the route that they take in the book. Mm. I unintentionally did a big part of it, um, but I want to see what happens if I start out and because they definitely, you know, when you start out and they say, okay, do you want to head towards the Trans-Siberian Railroad or do you want to try to take the Suez Canal? Um, you know, through the Suez Canal is the is the first step on the original route that they take in the book. So, I wonder if they give you a certain, you know, if they throw you a bone, uh, if you try to follow their route exactly. Mm. Or maybe they punish you. Maybe. I mean. Maybe like, you fool. I mean, he definitely, I mean, in the book, they take the steamer from Yokohama to San Francisco, so they probably do punish you. (laughs) (laughs) But I want to, I want to, I want to fucking mute me that steamer. I'm mad about it. It's, It's okay. You'll get another shot. You know, there's always there are always more steamers. <laughs> there are always more mutinies. Well, it's funny because immediately after that whole mutiny event for me, um, I also failed it. Um, traveling outside of there, I got immediately kidnapped and brought to um, brought to a port in a different city to basically bust someone out of jail at, over threat of gunpoint. So it it's. It's easy for things to snowball from bad to worse in this, and that's actually a part that didn't stress me out so much at all. Like, there was something kind of exciting about feeling like I was in a Charlie Chaplin film and falling again and again for various uh, for various obstacles in my way. Yeah, the interactive fiction parts, I was like, absolutely, like, let something horrible happen. Because to me, that was the to me, that was the sort of negative consequence where I could have fun with it. And so like, mm-hmm. yeah, let's make an interesting story for Passepartout, even though it's not going to go right. It was the sort of the more mechanical, uh, the numbers failures, um, uh, being in the steamer and watching the steamer divert and like going from like 60 to 65 days was just heartbreaking mm-hmm. absolutely crushing that and i never had enough money for where i needed to go like i was constantly finding myself going to the bank to take out loans and that takes a bit of time especially if you especially depending on how much you need and i got to a point where i was taking out so many loans uh well withdrawing from fog's account i think that uh, Fog would just look at his ledger uh, um, and glare at me and be like, we sure are going to the bank a lot, huh? It's like, yeah, bitch, the steamer's like $2,000. <laughs> you, you gotta buy and sell. You gotta play the market. 
that was the other thing about Yokohama, the San Francisco, is it wiped out my, uh, it just completely wiped out my budget. This is my bugaboo. I'm not letting go of this. <laughs> it sounds like you're a bad traveler. I'm an and, awful traveler, as it turns out. Uh, you got basically everything you deserved. Wow. Okay. Nice to be working with you. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Love. I'm the hostile one. Love being the janitor. Uh, yeah, I just miss. I miss the United States in this game entirely. Like they, they took me on a hard swerve around the entire United States. Honestly, you're lucky. Going through the U.S. sucks. But that's where de- that's where Pass Part Two can make out with death. That's that's fair, but this that's in fact I think yeah actually actually that happened I forgot about that somehow I forgot about that that super happened, um, <laughs> but also there's just stuff where like I feel like most of my runs where I go totally broke and get stuck happen in in, in America. Oh, thematic. Yeah. <laughs> America is also where, like, the most racist part of the original book happens. It's rough out there. That's pretty cool. It's rough. Uh, But also, uh, also, it's the part where Fog tries to murder a man. What? He just, yeah, and he, they see a political rally in San Francisco, and a dude, like, punches Fog in the face during, like, a political brawl and then fog sees him on the train and challenges him to a duel on a moving train on a moving train (laughs) uh there's a really great line which i saved um uh let's see yeah from the duel it says uh uh the detective smiled but did not reply. It was clear to him that Mr. Fogg was one of those Englishmen who, while they do not tolerate dueling at home, fight abroad when their honor is attacked. And I'm like, did you mean what, what I did you mean what I read when you wrote that, Mr. Vern? Because that to me is a is a very biting line. Uh, yeah, it doesn't seem very nice. <laughs> then I'm then I'm not I'm. It was interesting reading that book because I'm there were parts where I was like, how do you mean this? And then I would get to parts and be like, oh, that's how you mean this. Uh, Fog and Fog in the book is like a really interesting character to me uh, for most of the book because he's like he springs fully formed Athena like out of the British Empire. Like the way mm-hmm. the way they describe him in the book is he has no family, he has no past anyone knows about. He's just an English gentleman who's very rich, who hangs around London and does nothing all day. He has like the world's most regimented schedule where he does nothing. He goes to the reform club and eats breakfast and then reads the paper for seven hours every day. He he sounds like the perfect blank slate for a video game character. (laughs) I actually think, yeah, I think 80 Days actually does some, like, I think 80 Days is maybe best decision is making you play as Pass Part 2 and just ignoring Fog. Well, you don't have to ignore Fog, but it is, 
it is sometimes recommended. It is really great just the situations where it'll be like we're on like uh <laughs> like a giant drill that's driving like you know across you know Panama and fucking <laughs> Monsieur Fogg keeps throwing up because he keeps trying to read his newspaper. And you're like, buddy. It's not that kind of trip anymore, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had a few little things like that. Um, uh, I, de- I had an event where I definitely just sort of hung back and let him uh, hang himself uh, ang- arguing with like Russian soldiers mm-hmm. as they're like, what? the fuck are you doing on our train and he's like i'm an english gentleman and they're like we don't care we could not care in the slightest (laughs) and the game kept being like do you want to intervene in this conversation and i was like no i'm great actually i'm doing so good (laughs) you got it buddy good job i i do enjoy when we're traveling somewhere and i go explore compartments a little bit and Fog is very fussy that, oh, you didn't stay in to press my shirts. It's like, yeah, I did it. We're kind of traveling around the world. I want to see shit. Leave me alone. In the in the book, uh, it said that, speaking of pressing shirts and things like that, in the book, it said that Fog fired his previous servant because the servant served him his uh, his shaving water three degrees lower than he liked it. Which is a amazing image. Yeah, that's... How do you even... (laughs) He he had to... Rich people. He measured it with a... (laughs) He measured it with a fucking thermometer. Stuck it in the water and was like, hmm, 83 degrees. (laughs) He also, if you go to Athens, he's like, hey, do you speak Greek? And you can either be like, yes, or you can pretend that you don't. (laughs) Because you're like, I think he probably would not. He probably doesn't actually want me to say yes. He'd be weird about it. And then he goes around and just like tries to communicate with people by quoting Homer. Oh, (laughs) jeez. He's insufferable. Oh, my God. Uh, He's like that. He's like that dad in parasite who's like oh by the way i'm not testing you but he holds a cup of he holds an open mug of coffee that's full like precariously in his hand so if the turn is too slightly too sharp he'll be able to fire this guy oh my god he is the dad in parasite (laughs) he's so the dad oh my god can we get the ending of 80 Days? Uh, I can't just spoil the ending of Parasite. I was about to... No, what we really need is the family in Parasite going <laughs> around the world in 80 Days. <laughs> they would do great. Like... Would they? they? Okay. They wouldn't do great, but it would be really fun. It would be really fun. I mean, listen, the um, Inkle, the developers of this, have not made another, uh, like proper interactive fiction since they've done a few more of their sorcery games which i don't i'm sorry i don't care about um and then they did heaven's vault which is an adventure game which i wasn't curious about until i found out that one of the characters was a robot named six um <laughs> it's like okay i think they owe you image rights it's it does seem a little laser targeted to me but <laughs> Yeah, it, it does sound like uh, Heaven's Vault is pretty interesting. It's just one of those things where it's hard to keep with, up with video games, especially games that are coming out 
in a given year. So it's definitely one I want to go to at some point because the way that it deals with language and how what you translate affects the way that history records these various other cultures is really interesting. Alright, by heaven's vault. Well, it's it's it is the bummer of this game that a lot of a lot of us talking about it is just like relaying different stories that the other people didn't encounter. You know, um, there's not as much common ground because it's hard to get common ground even if you want it. So, I do like the experience it creates. I do, I do also sort of like that experience of swapping travel stories. Uh, mm-hmm. I really like to think that I did meet that like one of these like mysterious women who flirted with past part two was probably this black rose thief. Mm-hmm. And another one was probably the, uh, the, the airship pirate. Airship pirate. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. There's a, there's a pirate who uh, hijacks airships. You can meet her and then later you can help her steal a airship. Oh, hell yeah. I, there was a girl that past part two met on a, uh, it was on Agra. Um, but she, he like is wandering along and he sees this woman standing on like the very edge of the city. And then she turns around, waves at him and jumps off and he freaks out and finds that she's like a mechanic uh, who is like scrabbling down the side to fix things. And she comes back up and Passepartout is like, did you wait until I was looking at you to jump off the side of this uh, city? And she's like, oh, totally. <laughs> she's like that's how i get through the day is scaring the tar out of people <laughs> yeah some uh some very good very good characters uh to be had in your travels mm-hmm. yeah i i definitely recommend um well it, it's out on basically anything aside from uh like well it, it, it's even out on consoles that you can plug into your TV since the Switch has that docked mode. But uh, if you have a PC, a Switch, or a phone, or a tablet, you can play this. And like even with our misgivings about uh, how easy it is to miss stuff, and how sometimes the time limit can make us feel stressed... Um, Overall, I think it's really worth playing and checking out. Like, there's a reason why it's so fondly... There's a reason why it uh, is so critically acclaimed and even six years later, people are still playing it and talking about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just don't be like me. I really recommend not having anxiety if you can manage it. (laughs) (laughs) I, I wish I could manage it. Just channel channel Monsieur Phileas Fogg. So, uh, we do have a uh, we do have a email that you can send questions and comments to uh, podcast at abnormalmapping dot com. Um, we didn't receive any this time, but we were all uh, too scared. <laughs> we we did just uh, relaunch the podcast, so it it sort of makes sense that we that didn't you're afraid a lot of. You're cowards. (laughs) (laughs) You, yes, Uh, you, with the headphones, washing your dishes. You. Novel not neg. (laughs) I'm leaving that that message for myself in the future, when I will be washing dishes while listening to podcasts. Oh, there you go. There you go. 
We are a friend. We are a very friendly podcast. <laughs> uh, Jen's very friendly. I. I agree. I think I'm friendly. <laughs> I. I. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> this is the whole how intimidating are you Twitter um, trending topic, except in podcast form. I can dig it. I'm, I'm the one out here be, quote tweeting and being like seven, and everyone's replying to me with like two. <laughs> I, I retweeted that one, and I was like, I think I'm like a two. And I was hoping some people would be like, no, you can be a little intent. And everyone was like, no, yeah, not at all. Not even slightly scary. Uh, I it's my puns that really intimidate people. I think it's it's they got the the big the big scary energy. No, those yeah. just hurt. Well, listen, whatever you're afraid of, right? I will find it and I will make you hurt. <laughs> uh, six just went up to an eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah! Yeah, novel not new. You know, it really it really sort of found its stride in the second season. You know, it turned darker. There was a lot of betrayal. Um, the part where Six just killed Olivia at the end of the second season was like really not uh, not foreseen, but it was a bold choice. I promise, unless Jen makes me play another Danganronpa game, I will not kill you. What if I request that we play a Danganronpa-inspired game? I might kill you. Okay, that's fair. Or I might set you up to be killed. That would technically not violate the rules. Okay, as long as you do it in like a really <laughs> weird and wacky way that Jen then has to figure out. I'm going to like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have like a uh, like a weight underneath. Do you put your keys in like a key basket? Uh, no, they're in my pocket at all times. Okay. Uh, all right, then I'll, I'll wire it up so that there's a, a wire connecting your keys to a device on the inside of your pocket so that when you pull it out, it rips the wire, <laughs> thus breaking the electrical circuit, triggering a guillotine mm-hmm. to swing down and cut a cable, which drops a weight on your head. Mm-hmm. I'm taking notes um, to be left mm-hmm. in a conspicuous place for any um, inspector or detective that may come through. After this plan has perfect, executed. and they're like, mm, I don't know, poison doesn't seem like the description. <laughs> Can't possibly be six. Damn it! So, <laughs> so now that we've threatened our new co-host, uh, <laughs> Olivia, what are we going to be playing next month? Yeah, so um, I got to choose uh, the game for the second time, and I requested that we play. Uh, I'm going to have to. Gonna have to just give myself a second to get ready for this title. Psychedelica of the Ashen Hawk. This is a um, Otome style visual novel um, about a girl who lives in a snowy town, which is run by um, two opposing clans who hate each other, the wolves and the hawks. Um, because of her mysterious red eyes that are linked to witches, uh, which are supposed to be a sign of calamity. Uh, our main character has lived as a boy her whole life in disguise until a mysterious artifact is stolen in the town and she goes on a uh, sort of investigative quest to figure out what happened to it and also probably kiss a boy on the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it seems like a good fit for this show since we, in the past, have also covered a different Otome game where 
the main character pretends to be a boy and then finds excuses to kiss other boys. Gender. <laughs> However, our other game did, did not mention on its Steam page that it has limited sexual expressions. Oh, no. Am I going to get That's... canceled? I don't think so. We did a literal sex game last time. I, I always forget that y'all did Lady Killer. <laughs> oh, I was talking about Dizzy Hearts, but oh, also we did You did multiple Lady sex Killer. games. Oh, yeah. Listen, we're very horny around here. That's, man. So, um, it's probably a good time for us to promote our other stuff. Like, uh, where can people find you, Olivia? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Great Greeb, uh, which is a type of bird. Um, you can also find my writing on medium.com slash at Great Greeb. It's the same username. Uh, and I may just have a piece out. Um, on uh, Xenoblade Chron- on the Xenoblade Chronicles DLC uh, the next time that you go to that URL. Uh, Torna the Golden Country? Yes, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, Torna, colon, the Golden Country. Which I really had to limit myself to mentioning in full only once. Wow. <laughs> wow. I love Eldorado. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Six? Where can people find you? Uh, I am doing... What? What? I am do- What? I don't know what the start of that sentence was. Um, I'm doing Twitter. I'm- yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. I've been doing Twitter recently, um, and I've been doing a great job, if I may say so myself. You can find me on Twitter at 6DETMAR, S-I-X-D-E-T-T-M-A-R. Um, if you want to find Scanline Media stuff, that's scanlinemedia.com or patreon.com slash scanlinemedia. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at JBU3. Um, most of my stuff also lives on scanlinemedia.com or patreon.com slash scanlinemedia. Um, we, I recently put out a review of uh, Draugen, which is uh, a Norwegian, what, what the creators call Fjord Noir, uh, where you are solving a mystery in a small knit, uh, well, a closely knit uh, Norwegian town. And, uh, yeah, we also just finished up our uh, first uh, Scanline tabletop campaign, which is on the Patreon side, and I feel like it turned out pretty well. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's that's behind our uh, our $5 tier, are those episodes. Um, Jen, uh, via the character Kelly Perkins, tries to run a colony on Mars, and um, it's, well, the, the pitch of the game that we played the system is called a game about government and personal failure so you can probably guess how it went <laughs> yeah it's um especially near the end there were some very interesting things that happened yeah bumpy bumpy rides some, bumpy rolls some personal failures you might say yes yes uh at one point jen says well i guess i'll just keep lying then <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I think I said that while playing 80 Days as well at one point. That's that's fair. That's fair. There's probably you were probably flirting with someone, right? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Um. I'm not entirely sure where we're when we're. I I'm not entirely sure whether we're switching back to a monthly format, but uh, once we finish the next game, we'll 
reconvene and uh, we'll get to do another one of these fairly soon. So until then, uh, have a good one. Bye-bye. Peace.